podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand Extra, the second of Heart and Hand's two weekly free pod. My name is David Edgar, I am your host and joining me to discuss a quite, quite busy week for us, even though this is just a little mini 20 minute show, is our tech guru Adam Thornton. Hello Adam. Hello David, how are you doing? Um, you're famous now after making the papers this week for a conversation, uh, including you, when uh, some of our listeners from our Patreon site were asking you um, to explain some tactical things to you. And uh, I think a slightly frustrated Michael Beale of the Rangers coaching staff decided to get involved as well. I would hope I'm famous rather than infamous. And yeah, just for clarification, I was right and he was backing me up rather than him telling me um, that I was wrong, which was <laughs> which was a relief. But yeah. Uh, the point was that Rangers uh, do not play with wingers. Um, some people uh, uh, were claiming that's utter nonsense when Adam stated it. And Mick Beale says we haven't played for wingers in a year. Um, we played two number 10s. And last night when we took on Ross County, those two number 10s were Ryan Kent and Shea Ojo. Uh, wild night at Ibrox. Uh, the team, I think I'd describe that display, Adam, as Better, but still not there yet. Yeah, functional maybe um, is probably a good one. I think there was a few that were still um, dealing with the effects of of the weekend, I would say. Davis and Kamara, I thought in particular, were were pretty poor in the first half. Kamara came onto a game. Um, Davis looked very much like he'd played four games in, in 12 days. Uh, so did Defoe, I think, as well. Um, and obviously, he, he has to go off injured. But I, I would say it was functional, yeah. I thought the first half an hour or so was kind of... The crowd was starting to get on our, on our backs. And, and um, ugh, you were thinking, oh, God, this is going to be one of these games. But then a, a moment of uh, sheer magic from, from Defoe. I thought that was a brilliant take and, and finish. And uh, yeah, I think you're spot on. I think it was one of those days that you just get the win and you, you get out. This is the thing about Jermaine Defoe that when I see people, which they, you know, you will see a lot on social media after we uh, play badly, uh, like at Hearts, for example, and they'll say he doesn't fit the system as well as Alfie, and he doesn't, and he doesn't do as much as Alfie does, and he doesn't, but he does have other qualities. And last night, Jermaine Defoe's, if you like, two impactful moments were a goal and an assist. Uh, the week before against St Mirren, he gets the goal. That's why he is such a useful player to have around the place because he can't do everything Alfie does. Who can? You know, very few. Um, Alfie's all-round game is is incredible and he's got that raw physicality. Jermaine Defoe doesn't have that. But, I mean, last night when Rangers were starting to huff and puff, that wasn't even a chance. And yet he just, you know, as you say, uh, Scott Arfield does well to keep the ball alive. But he, it drops on his chest with his back to goal, uh, a defender at his back and a couple of defenders around him. And it's just all chest, knee, spin, hit, goal. Uh, and the flick for the second was, I just thought, beautiful. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting point because I'm, I'm not quite sure Morelos has that, that finish in his locker, um, if I'm honest. Um, and I don't think he's got that flick. Um, for Arfield, I'm not sure it's a movement that Morelos would would do. He's more likely to probably take it in and try and turn the uh, turn Run the away, defender. Yeah. yeah, so so it's interesting the 
the kind of juxtaposition of them. But you're right, um, we can say he wasn't very involved on Sunday, and I think I think that's absolutely fair. But two moments of, of quality from him helped to win the game, yeah. Uh, what about the other guys who came into the team last night? Matt Polster uh, came on against Hearts, retained his place. I don't think there was a lot of surprise on that based on really just how bad John Flanagan had been. And he wasn't much cop, we need to remember, against St Mirren either. Uh, and didn't even make the bench last night, Nathan Patterson did. So uh, I think we may well have, unless something changes again, because uh, I would have said we'd seen the last of Matt Polster, and, and we clearly haven't. But uh, I think we might have seen the, the back of John Flanagan, because Matt Polster has seized that opportunity. Yeah, I, I wasn't uh, feeling it as much as um, as much as the majority seemed to be. I thought he was absolutely fine, and, and you're right, compared to Flanagan and, at the weekend, he was border and on brilliant um but i thought he was good i thought he was functional i thought he, he never gave up he, he had a bit of dig about him and, and he got forward he, he does look a little bit cumbersome and clunky like he's trying to get forward i think he admitted that and he's in his post-match himself that it's not something that he's really any skill set if you like or certainly not to the level of uh james tavernier i thought he was fine i got shades of vidmar um he looks reliable he'll be a six or a seven out of ten might chip in with the odd worldy, um, but is not going to be a attacking wing back um full time. I think he knows he's he knows his place in the team, he knows he's gonna fill in on the rare occasions that, that Tav's injured and maybe a couple of appearances at defensive mid. And to be honest, if he's happy with that, then I don't really see the harm in it, other than potentially um impacting Patterson's growth. But I think that's probably a wider piece. It's interesting you called them <clears throat> Full uh, wing backs there rather than full backs because I think most people would would think and we've been brought up to believe that it's in a five if you like a three five two or a five three two whatever you want to characterise it as that you get wing backs but then when when I think about it like, yeah that is how they play at Rangers even though it's a four because they are expected to gallop up and down the wing and get up not just occasionally but constantly be up there and attacking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I put an article up on the, the Heart and Hand website on Saturday, I think it was, explaining uh, or kind of beginning to explain how I, I feel the formation is. And it is a, a 4-3-2-1, I think, when we are out of possession. But when we're in possession, it's actually more of a 2-3-4-1. So if anybody's not read that yet, go and have a look at it and let us know what you think. But but you're right, they are wing-backs. They, they provide all the width. Um, you mentioned earlier on, we, we play those two number 10s who, who do play narrower. Um, they might drift a little bit and they might go out wide, but when they start playing, they play from the centre. We've got the midfield three who are pretty functional as well in there and they play in a flat line. The wing-backs are Tav and Barisic and they provide all our width. Yeah, they, they do. And uh, uh, good news today with the news that Borna Barisic has signed a new deal and uh, he's extended his stay at Ibrox until the summer of 2024. Adam, at his current rate, I don't think he'll see out that deal, but when he does leave, it'll be for a shitload of cash. It's just really good business, isn't it? Um, yeah, it is. When you think he's only been here 18 months, I, I, I think it was a four-year deal, wasn't it? So he's he's signed his, um, a two-year extension on it, so he's got three and a half years on it. That locks him in, if you like, to a, a pretty major transfer fee if he goes, and if he's certainly shown... Four, um, four and a half years. Four and a half years, sorry. He's certainly shown, uh, shown this season how valuable an asset he'll be. Um, I think we've got the best of him now. Um, if we can keep him past the summer, then I think that'll be really good. But you're right, if he keeps going like this, his, his value is just going to go up and up. He's, he's hitting his peak as well, which is uh, which is great. Yeah, I think if he has a a, a great Euros, then there, there is interest in him. 
anyway, um, Adam and I do the the Italian football show on uh, Heart and Hand and Patreon, and uh, there are several Italian clubs that are very interested in him. If he goes and has a a good Euros, then Rangers will be having to consider some serious bids for him. That does take us on then nicely to transfer news, uh, the news breaking today that uh, Romanian under-21 star and now full Romanian international, uh, Yanis Hadji, son of uh, Giorgi Hadji, the legendary former Romania midfielder from Barcelona and Real Madrid midfielder, uh, is on his way to Rangers uh, for a medical ahead of a potential loan until the summer with an option to buy quoted at around about £5 million. He is currently playing for the Belgian side Genk. Genk appear to be in a bit of a uh, financial clear out at the moment they've lost uh, several key players uh, in this window in the last few days uh, a lot of their uh, higher earners shall we say have been heading out the door now Adam I am incredibly excited about this because last summer and not much football on uh, I watched the Euro under 21s and anyone who watched that will remember the sensational uh, Romania team they were so exciting including one particular match against England under 21s which was just a fabulous game of football they ended up winning uh, 4-2 and the whole tournament Yanis Hadji stood out he was absolutely sensational playing uh, as a number 10 he uh, was quick he's genuinely two-footed uh, it's very hard to tell which one uh, is his strongest foot uh, he smashes in some absolute stunners the obligatory youtube video looks sensational they often do of course but this one in particular um he was a very, very exciting prospect. Didn't quite work out. He went to Fiorentina when he was very young uh, and it didn't quite work out. But he went to Genk and he, although his, his stats for the year aren't bad, he hasn't been playing that regularly. But there is a suspicion that uh, you know things are not well behind the scenes there. Uh, in six league matches a season, he's got three goals and four assists. So, you know, it's hardly like you could look at it and say, well, there's no contribution there. Um, but... Like I say, having only seen him really um, in the, the under-21 tournament, I remember thinking at the time, what a player he is. It would be amazing if we could get him back well. Those days are by. Um, but yeah, here he is potentially pitching up. Uh, well, he has pitched up, but here he is potentially signing. And a lot of Rangers fans are getting very excited about it, me included. <laughs> me too as well, yeah. I, I, it is really exciting. You're right, looking at those clips of him, I was aware of him in the, the under-21s last season. I probably didn't watch as much of it as, as you did, but he was all over Twitter at the time, him and, and Puskas, who went to Reading, I think it was, wasn't it? They were the, the kind of two golden boys of the yeah. of the um, of the team. And I think along with uh, is it Olmo that went to Leipzig, the, the three of them, I think, were kind of widely regarded as the best three players at the tournament. That's correct, yes. So I have been looking at him quite a bit over the last uh, couple of hours since we've seen him, and, and you're right, his, his stats this season are very, very good. What's, what I found quite interesting was that Sanata, who, or Samata, sorry, Mwana Samata, who signed for uh, Aston Villa, was actually, he was playing more than, than uh, Hadji was in, in his kind of roughly the same position. So I think I thought if Samata was going, then Hadji might get a chance in the team. But I, I think the new the, there's a new manager apparently in Genk as well who doesn't quite fancy him. Don't think he, sit, he fits in with how he wants to play. Um, so I think it's our game. But if he, David, if he hits the ground running like we, we think he can, um, if we have a loan to buy on this of kind of four or five million pounds, that's, uh, that's really, really interesting. I think as an aside as well, it's really good to see um, us doing these kind of... <laughs> 
modern things, if you want to call it that, with <laughs> loan to buys and, and buyback clauses and sell on percentages, things that we've just not done in the past that are pretty standard across uh, across European football. It's good to see Ross Wilson having a bit of an impact there and actually making sure that we get the best value that we can, both for players going out and coming in. But but Hadji, I'm, I'm very, very excited about. I think uh, I think he could be an absolute star. We've said for a while that we probably need another option um, on that right-sided number 10, or we could potentially go three behind Morelos and have someone sitting in the middle of them. I think that's, a, that's key because guys like Jones and Barker and Ojo haven't really set the header alight for a, for a number of reasons. So we only really have... Aribo Kent and, and possibly Stuart that, that play in those positions so definitely having someone in who is going to be certainly a, a first pick if not a first pick on rotation I think is going to be um, going to be very exciting Yeah you never know how a player's going to work out, um, Scotland quirky wee league and, and there are times guys come that on paper you think oh well he'll tear it up here and, and of course they don't, um, we've, we've all seen it but uh, if he can adapt to the, the, the physical nature of the league and if he can uh, get settled quite quickly. In terms of just raw ability, then you're right. I mean, the, the, the names you, you mentioned there are the guys who've not been really contributing particularly well. I mean, he dwarfs them when it comes yeah. to, to that sort of thing. It is just about, you know, can he adapt? But clearly Rangers have looked at that and, and thought he can. He's not renowned for his work rate. Um, he's not someone who has certainly in his career so far shown a, an overwhelming desire to, to get back and, and help the team out at the back but it, it makes up for it in goals and it is all about options isn't it I mean Brandon Barker's best game for Rangers has come when he's in a more defensive shift to do but you know there are, he's done virtually nothing in an attacking sense and that's kind of what you need from these players and the majority of our games you know not every game is Feyenoord away no, yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. Barker's come in and, and done a, a decent job against Porto. Um, the other appearances he's had, he hasn't exactly hit the, set the header alight. Um, Jones obviously has been injured and since he's came back, he hasn't really had a run. I still think it's a little bit harsh on Jones um, if he's get, getting moved out in this window. But if we're looking at it from a financial point of view and we're wanting to make that move, maybe Jones and a loan to buy down to the Championship to allow us to get someone like Hadji, I think based on pure talent alone, then that, that would be a decent deal. Um, it's just good to have the option, David, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think Jones out, Hadji in is an upgrade. It, it is. Um, really, anybody bar Kent uh, of, of our wide number 10, sorry, Michael, uh, options <laughs> are uh, that, that he would qualify as that. So very excited. The other name linked now, obviously, Jermaine Defoe was uh, injured last night. Um, thankfully, not as serious, according to the manager, or not thought to be as serious as it looked because he was stretched off, looked in a lot of pain. Um, I, I worried at that point that we might not see him again this season, but uh, the manager said, no, he's up, he's walking about. He'll go for a scan, so we are awaiting that, but that he might be out for two to three weeks. But you know, two to three weeks currently, even if it is that, and it could be more, it could be four, five, six, but even if it is only three weeks, Adam, that's like nine games the way things are going at the moment. So it's a hell of a chunk of the season, and Rangers look as though they are going to step into the market. And tonight, um, it, it's strongly being rumoured that Rangers have made contact with Hibs for Florian Cambieri. Now, Cambieri arrived in Scotland, looked fantastic when he first arrived, went off the boil a little bit, has been better this season without quite being back to his best. 
I have limited experience of them, but I have to say that the times I've watched them, mainly against us, that I have been impressed. Yeah, me too. Um, I probably should caveat that it would be pre-Gerard, I think, would, would be where I would have the the most memory of him playing and, and causing us uh, causing us some issues. So that's obviously Russell Martin territory, which I guess is a, is a big fair, caveat. That's a very fair point. Yeah. But um, he, he he looks like. Um, from afar, someone that, that could come in and make a difference. He's got one of those um, physiques about him that he's quite strong, but also quite pacey. He knows where the goal is. He's only scored three goals this season, which I think obviously is a bit of a contradiction, but he is one of those players, I think, that can come in and, and be a decent option. Um, we've seen Defoe, I think, just four games in those 12 days, maybe similar to Davis, just caught up in Defoe a little bit, running for that ball last night, um, and he's tweaked his calf. Morelos is carrying a niggle as well. Who's to say what happens there? You might have to sit out another game or two with that, possibly. So having another option there who knows the league, um, has scored goals in the league, if not many this season, um, is a good chance. Uh, some of his other numbers in terms of um, expected goals, expected assists are still quite good, even if he's not got the goals. So he is actually getting himself in the good positions. And you have to think a team like Rangers... Um, versus a team like Hibs, he will get more chances, and I think he is one of those players that that will stick them away. I think this seems a bit more realistic or a bit less of a punt than say a Shankland, David, or or a, or a Nisbet from Dunfermline. Shankland would obviously cost probably three times what Canberry would cost, um, and neither him or Nisbet are really proven in the top league. This one, if it's just a loan for six months, even just to get us through to the window, um, get us through to the summer. Um, makes sense, uh, and also if it's a if it's a cheap loan that allows us to get Hadji in, then it's a it's a no brainer. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, other name mentions being Glenn Murray from Brighton. Um, obviously, the kind of other end of the the age scale, and I dare say wage scale as well. But uh, Rangers certainly do appear to be active in the market, which is good. Uh, I just think you need a wee boost at this time of year, no matter how you're doing or how happy you are with the squad. I don't think it hurts to bring in, uh, especially not players who can make an immediate impact. So we look ahead then, Adam, to Saturday. We've got Aberdeen pitching up. Now, Aberdeen last season, of course, caused us all sorts of problems, but this season, (laughs) for 120 minutes... Of the 180, we've played them. Rangers were sensational. Um, 5-0 win, 2-0 up at Pataudry. Then completely switched off at Pataudry. Ended up being caught uh, for a two-week draw. Certainly in terms of if Rangers go out and play at their best, we'll smash Aberdeen. But the counter to that is that we haven't been at our best lately. And you know that they're going to come and, and put everything into this match. Uh I think that it's it's you know one that obviously we, we should be winning, but it's certainly one that the performance level will have to go up another notch. Yeah, definitely. I think we need to get back to that performance that we had against Aberdeen um, back in uh, September, I think it was, wasn't it, where we beat them 5-0. Yeah. Um, another one like that will be brilliant. I thought we were outstanding that day. The, the quality that we, um, that we showed, um, I think that was... Uh, that was probably one of our one of our best performances, I think, at home. And I think the key to that, and, and we've seen it a little bit last night, was Scott Arfield playing in central midfield. For me, there's been I've been back and forwards on Scott Arfield from from wanting him to play a bit further forward to, to wanting him to play midfield to probably not really wanting him in the team at all. But I think in these type of games against these type of oppositions who are going to sit in and are going to frustrate you, someone like Arfield in midfield, uh, central midfield, along with I assume uh, Davis and Kamara. 
to, uh, on Saturday will be vital. Um, we've seen, I thought he was man of the match last night um, in the game. I thought he was brilliant. He's never going to be one of these guys who is perfect and, and makes 100% passes or or even scores a hat-trick every week. There's going to be a lot of things that don't come off, but um, I think he's just quite impactful and he makes things happen in, in the final third. And, and coming from deep like that, especially if you've got guys like Kent, Morelos, hopefully Greg Stewart playing ahead of him. I think um, I think that's quite a nice little combination. He seems to link quite well with Greg Stewart and or Joe Aribo, so that's quite interesting. The only major change, obviously, from that is we won't have Tavernier on the right hand side, which is a bit of a a bit of an issue. But if Pulsar can give us a a, a performance um, round about the same level as he did against Ross County, I think that shouldn't be a huge difference against a team like Aberdeen. One of the things I think will help is that it will be a, a decent atmosphere because yeah. it has been something that's been talked about uh, by Rangers fans. Uh, two two things that I think have come up, which is the atmosphere at certain home games, the, the crowd getting nervous and you could feel it again last night. And the other thing being that the, the place empties um, in the last, uh, last 20 minutes, but the, the last 10 in particular to the point where last night, you know, when I looked around it, my, my dad actually joked to me, he said uh, did you fart? Because you know, everywhere we looked around about was, was empty seats. I, I, I do get that and I think Saturday a Saturday kickoff is always better anyway a Saturday 3pm, um, people do have to travel, they do have their work the next morning midweek. Um, however I, I, I do although I, I understand why people bring this up and, and get the discussion going, there, there is also a bit of me that goes, this is a bit pointless because it's been like this for years and it's never going to change. It's not new. It's not a recent development. Uh, Rangers fans can be very demanding. Um, they can, you know, we can be phoning them up, somebody misplaces a pass and you hear the groans and moans. And they leave early. I mean, it, it's something that's been going on for years. Not everyone but a, a, a big enough percentage that it, that it is noticeable. Yeah, I think I, I noticed it a lot more last last night than, than maybe the last couple of games. Um, around about 82 minutes, so there was a, a steady stream of people starting to, to leave. I think you're spot on, though, Saturday 3 o'clock. It's only our third so far, I think, this season. Um, there'll be a lot of people... Um, a lot of people there, a lot of people that have been in the pub since 12 o'clock, probably, and will be uh, cranking up the atmosphere. It's always a... It's always got a bit of an edge, that atmosphere, doesn't it, with Aberdeen? So I think that'll help as well. Um, a good few goals will... Early doors will be good. We've not really had that um, since we come back after the winter break. Getting a getting a goal or two early doors just to settle everybody down will be good. And I think that will contribute to what is hopefully a, a good atmosphere. Can I have a prediction from you? Oh, um, I think if, if we play that kind of way and we, we go about it like we did... Um, I don't think we're playing as well or as, as fluidly as we were kind of the September time when we beat them 5-0. But if we try and get back to that team and try and raise the tempo that we maybe haven't managed to do in the last three or four games, I think we, we should get a couple of goals. I'm going to go for 3-0. I'll go for 2-0. I think it, it will be a bit of a, a grind. I think we'll need to be a bit patient. You know Aberdeen are going to sit in, but I do think we'll have a bit too much quality in the final third. Anyway, folks, if you want to hear more from us, then we'll be back on Monday here on Heart and Hand, uh, as I say, our two weekly free shows. But if you want even more and you want instant reaction to the game, for example, then come over to our Patreon site where you will find lots and lots and lots of new content every single day, uh, including a preview of the match, a post-match uh, that happens uh, almost immediately after 
after it, some reaction later that night as well. Tons of content coming your way, as well as Adam's Tactical Show, which, as you heard right at the start, has the stamp of billion approval. Adam, my thanks for joining me. Cheers, David. Thanks to our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Paul Myers. I'll be back on Monday. Until then, enjoy your weekend. Take care. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.